Welcome to Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm with your host, Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We got another episode of the award-winning Legal Toolkit podcast on tap only on the Legal Talk Network. If you were looking for your password for your Disney Plus subscription, I really can't help you. I'm sorry. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, hopefully you'll become a long-time listener. And if you're Gordon Lightfoot, you write seven-minute-long folk songs about shipping and transportation. How exciting. As always, I'm your show host, Jared Correa. And in addition to casting this pod, I am the CEO of Red Cave Law Firm Consulting, which offers subscription-based law practice management consulting services for law firms, bar associations, and legal vendors. Check us out at redcavelegal.com. I'm also the COO of Gideon Software, Inc., which offers chatbots, a first-to-market chatbot builder, and predictive analytics created specifically for law firms. Find out more at www.gideon.legal. Lastly, because I don't have enough to do, you can listen to my other podcast, The Lobby List, a family travel show I host with my dear wife, Jessica, which is on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and comment. But here on The Legal Toolkit, which you're listening to right now, we provide you with a new tool each episode to add to your own legal toolkit so that your practices will become more and more like best practices. In this episode, we're going to talk about taking control in an out-of-control world. But before I introduce today's guest, let's take a moment to thank our sponsors, without whom there would be no podcast at all. Abby Connect has delivered premium live receptionist and answering services to lawyers since 2006. You can try them out for free at abbyconnect.com. Scorpion crushes the standard for law firm online marketing with proven campaign strategies to get attorneys better cases from the internet. Partner with Scorpion to get an award-winning website and ROI-positive marketing programs today. Visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. Nexa, formerly known as AnswerOne, is a leading virtual receptionist and answering service provider for law firms. Learn more by giving them a call at 800-267-9371 or online at www.nexa.com. TimeSolve is the number one web-based time and billing software for lawyers, providing solutions since 1999. TimeSolve provides the most comprehensive billing features for law firms big and small. www.timesolve.com My guest today is Doug Brown. Doug is the Chief Learning Officer of Summit Success International, an organization devoted to helping entrepreneurs and business professionals get more clients and make more money doing the work that they love. He's also the former executive director of the Connecticut Bar Association. Doug, welcome to the big show. Hey, thanks for having me. That's great. I'm glad you're able to come on. So before we get started, like a chief learning officer, I've actually never heard that job title before. It sounds good though. What does that mean? Well, I, my background's in education and part of my work with Summit Success is not only delivering uh, the programs we give to our clients, but designing them and keeping them up to date with the best practices for adult learners coming out of my six years in uh, teaching in a master's program. So we thought that was uh, not only am I helping our organization keep learning, but I'm helping our clients continue to learn. Oh, makes a lot of sense. Cool. All right. So whenever I do a podcast with people, I try to look up like embarrassing stuff about them online. You didn't have a lot of stuff though. So kudos to you. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> I do want to ask you, however, you went to Syracuse in 1987. 
Yes, I did. Basketball team makes the NCAA final. For those who don't remember, that team was stacked. You had Derek Coleman, who was number one pick in the draft, Ronnie Cycli, and Sherman Douglas, who played for the Celtics for a little while. That must have been a pretty killer time at Syracuse, right? Like great parties and stuff. What do you remember about that season, or, or did you not follow it? Were you too immersed in your studies? Oh, I was I was there. I had season tickets all four years, and they're, um, the thing – just the environment and the energy in the dome at the heyday of the Big East and what that really brought to our overall community. It was just so much fun being there and and being a part of that, uh, that whole community. Was that your favorite Syracuse team ever? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Carrier Dome, those were the days. Um, <laughs> a we talk very about, different time, yeah. Absolutely. Should we talk about uh, legal stuff? I think we probably, probably should. Yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. All right. So – You've had this whole distinguished career as an executive and a business coach, and you've done a multitude of different things, which is pretty cool. Your background is very interesting. Uh, Folks can check out Doug on LinkedIn. But regardless of that, you always come back to working with lawyers. So why is it that you enjoy working with attorneys so much? Or do you? Is this just all an elaborate ruse? (laughs) No, it's not an elaborate ruse. It's interesting. (laughs) Um, First, I I am a lawyer, um, no longer practicing, and... I find that when I'm working with lawyers, despite what, you know, the jokes and everything people make, lawyyers are really great people. Uh, and I'm a, and I'm a purpose-driven guy. And when I really think about what I got out of the profession, what it allowed me to um, do in my life, even though I'm not practicing, I've used my skills in so many other ways, I want to give something back. And I do believe that our work as lawyers is really important to our to our society, we're the protectors of the rule of law, whether we're doing it in a courtroom or on a ball field. And the other thing I love about working with lawyers, Jared, is they have all the skills they need to make their lives better. Often they just need the right guidance, the right playbook, the right partner to really transform their lives and find whatever is best for them. So it it allows me to do the work that I'm meant to do and help lawyers um, create the lives they were meant to have. It's really, what are they, what is it said? If if you do the work you love, you're not working a day in your life. <laughs> there you go. No, that's cool. Um, and obviously, like, you've taken your legal degree and gone in another direction. So it's pretty awesome that you still want to contribute to the legal field and help lawyers. Not everybody does. <laughs> um, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes along the way. So if I can help somebody get through those times, then that's a win. Haven't we all? Um <laughs> So let's talk about some of the issues that lawyers have. And as you're going to relay in a second, there are some sobering stats out there about the unhealthy relationship that lawyers tend to have with work. Um, Issues of alcoholism, depression, addiction. Um, I used to work uh, for an organization that treated lawyers. Um, Part of what we did was treat lawyers who had mental health issues. So I'm fairly aware of this as well. I know you are, especially probably through your work with the Connecticut Bar. can you talk a little bit about those issues, both with respect to the stats that are out there and historically how this has looked, and also anecdotally based on like the work that you do with attorneys? Yeah, I'm happy to. You know, in our society, we're just now getting to recognize in a, in a broader context that mental illness is not a character flaw, uh, that it's it's an actual treatable condition. And for so many years, the law has made it not okay. In fact, until only recently, if you answered the wrong way on certain questions about mental health, you couldn't even get admitted to the bar. 
So we start with it being forced underground and we look at the, you know, none of your listeners would be surprised to find the results of an ABA, did a recent study, 25% of our colleagues are problem drinkers, 14% of those say the habit started in law school. Mm. Almost 30% have some level of depression or anxiety, 25% are actually addicted to work, like physically addicted to the work. Uh, and this leads to a host of problems that give us unusually high suicide rates, uh, divorce rates, disengagement, and just disillusionment with the practice. And the problem is that it's only now beginning to be okay to start asking for help for these things. And so what I'm finding is these are problems. And we even need to break this idea that we have to admit that we're broken in order to seek help. You don't have to be broken to seek help. You just need to desire to seek help. And then when I'm talking to and working with lawyers who are getting over their fear and admitting to themselves that they can't go it alone, they can really, um, you know, I guess the big message on this topic is it's absolutely possible to improve uh, and be better and get through whatever your listeners might be working through, whether they admit it, they have it or not. Uh, it's just, you got to go out and find the resources to help. And that's where I am able to um, help people um, who are trying to make change happen, figure out how they uh, get over this fear we have, this natural fear we have of change. Right. And I want to return to that issue a little later in the podcast. But one of the things I thought was interesting is this notion of addiction to work. I don't think I'd ever heard of that before. Um, personally, I feel like I could very easily get addicted to not working. Um, so how does how does that function when somebody is addicted to work? Like, what does that look like? Well, I think there's, there's two elements. The, the first is people don't know anything different. They've wrapped up their self-worth in their work. And the other is the adrenaline junkies. Sometimes you get addicted to the uh, endorphin and the adrenaline high of, of doing the work. And that's an actual thing. So if you keep going back and looking for more hits of adrenaline, and it becomes something that, that drives you. And as with anything else, if, if one thing starts to take over your life, other things suffer. Family suffers. And ultimately, even the work you're trying to do can suffer because you have to maintain a connection with the client. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's really interesting. I think a lot of lawyers will probably put themselves in that category. And to what you spoke about before, like I think there's always been this notion in legal that like you just work as hard as you possibly can, and that's how you win. But now there's been this movement to law firms becoming more sufficient, working efficient, excuse me, working smarter. So that's probably a good thing. Well, and and there's this this idea that you know we used to believe that uh, we take care of ourselves after we took care of other people. And now science is showing us that self-care is essential to increasing your capacity to serve others. Um, anybody who's burnt out isn't much good to anybody, including themselves. They've been telling us that on the airplanes for years. Um, <laughs> so most of the audience for this podcast is lawyers. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about another group of professionals who experience high stress in their jobs, and that's first responders. Can you talk a little bit about the relationship between how lawyers work and how first responders work and what that does to them? Yeah, I'd love to. I, uh, I learned about this because my son uh, is a firefighter. Uh, for, ever since he was two, he wanted to be a firefighter. And then he went to college and uh, has been a volunteer for years. And 
as I saw him growing up, I started to make the connection of, hmm, lawyers and firefighters do have a lot in common. And I use firefighters, but it's all first responders, right? So people call us in their hour of need. They need us to rescue them when things are out of control, when there's a crisis and everything's on the line. Starts to sound familiar to when lawyers call, clients call their lawyers because their lives are on the line. Things are out of control after a DUI or an accident or a marriage is falling apart or they want to protect their assets or their CEO tells them, you better get this deal done. You know, all of those things, they're counting on us to rescue them, number one. Number two, people expect us to be versatile and do whatever it takes, just like firefighters. They're the muscle. They're called out not just to fight fires, but to do everything from shovel snow to rescue cats from trees. And the third piece of it is it takes extensive training and practice to do what we do, uh, as it does for first responders. They have to stay sharp. We have to always be learning and practicing, learning from our mistakes, and always be ready to be called on right now for something. And we're expected to magically make it all better regardless of how bad the facts are. So that's three. And I guess the fourth one is we all carry heavy burdens of stress and anxiety from the work that we have to do. It can't help but affect us. So, you know, I've been describing that sounds like it could be a lawyer or a first responder, doesn't it? No, that's really cool. I'd never heard that analogy before. And I think don't think lawyers think of themselves that way. And getting that kind of perspective is helpful. So I think a lot of the issue with lawyers is isolation. They feel like they're the only ones who are suffering through whatever it is they're suffering through. And then combine that with the fact that they don't go out and seek help, it's a big problem. Yeah, and, and there's this notion of you're going to tough it out, that busyness is a badge of honor, and that somehow there's some special trophy at the end for being a martyr, none of which is true. Well, that was a somber first section of the podcast. We're going to punch it up a little bit in part two. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> so let's yes, take a break, and then we'll come back after some more words from our sponsors. Imagine billing day being the happiest day of the month instead of the day you dread. Nobody went to law school because they love drafting invoices for clients. At TimeSolve, our attorneys save on average over eight hours a month billing work. That means more billable time and turning billing day into happy day. Learn more about how to get to your time and billing happy place at timesolve.com. That's www.timesolv, leave off the e.com. Remember, that's T-I-M-E-S-O-L-V dot com. Your legal work requires your full attention. So how can you build lasting relationships with new or existing clients while juggling your caseload? Try Abby Connect, the friendly, highly trained and motivated live receptionists who are well known for providing consistent quality customer service and support to law firms just like yours. Every connection matters. So call Abby Connect today at 833-ABBY-WOW to get started with your free 14-day trial and $95 off your first bill. All right, thanks for coming back. I prepared some egg in the hole for breakfast. So let's get back to our conversation with Doug Brown of Summit Success International. We're talking about how to take control of your practice and your life. So Doug, if we're talking about taking control, I think what we're really talking about is a mindset change probably in the first instance, right? So what do lawyers who want to make a change need to know about engaging that process? The first thing 
we have to do is is get ourselves in the place where we accept that change is possible. I've talked to so many lawyers who are not seeking help, even in their practice for marketing or time management. They're not seeking help because they simply don't believe that it can ever get better. And so when I have the conversation, well, you realize if you don't try to make it better, this is it, like forever. They still don't believe. So there's actually a formula for change that I learned back in my teaching days where you can break it down. Because I find when lawyers break it down into formulas and, and they see a process, they can start to follow it. And the process is called the change equation. Uh, and it's quite simply, you look at your resistance to change and why you're resisting change. And you look at three elements, your dissatisfaction, your vision for the future, and a simple first step. And you have to have those have to be positive. And uh, when we talk later, I'll, I can point people to a resource on this. Oh, good. The thing is, um, if you have to have a little bit of a vision of how it can be better, and you have to know a first step. And that's where people get stuck. You just have to be in action. And that's the first place to start. I didn't think there would be any math on this show, but I think I can buy I'm into sorry. that equation. I, I know. I, when I when I introduce multiplication to lawyers, people get nervous. This but, is exactly how I went to law school, so I wouldn't have to do math ever again. But we'll let it ride for now. Yeah, well, whether you do the math or not, it's just understanding those three buckets because where people often get stuck is they don't allow themselves to see what their future is, what, their, what could be possible, and they don't allow themselves to start acting towards it. There's something keeping them from taking the first step. Right. All right. So for those lawyers who are not content to be stuck in their present forever, what's the first step which you referenced that they should take? Through my times making change happen, being in that crucible, I found a formula that I use for myself, which is about purpose, energy, action, and trust. And the most important one of those is to start with our energy. And energy, I like to think of it as a, as a three-legged stool, physical energy, emotional energy, and mental energy. Because it's not this, I'm not talking about this woo-woo concept of, of, of energy. It's if you don't bring your whole self to whatever legal marketing process you're doing or to whatever you're trying to do, if you're just running the plays without your heart in it, you won't get the results. You have to run the plays with your head and your heart. And I have three things that I ask people to focus on to help turn around their energy that they um, bring because the energy in life is uh, pretty negative coming in into the world. All right. I thought we were going in the direction of chakras there, but we didn't. We talked about the energy three-legged stool, which I like. So how does focusing on energy help lawyers to get more clients? Let's put a practical spin on this. Yeah, right. Uh, we want to get practical and we want to show me the money, right? That's what lawyers want to know what the answer is. So there are three things that, three marketing strategies that depend on the energy that you put out there. And if you're going out there in the world with a positive, um, practical, but positive, optimistic, physical, emotional, and, um, and mental energy, then you're going to draw back the things that that you're looking for. One of the core strategies is to delight your clients. And it sounds kind of silly, like how could you actually delight a client? You know, it's all about getting them to win, right? And the truth is that clients' level of delight and satisfaction with their lawyer isn't necessarily related to the result. 
you could get the client the result they desire, but have treated them so poorly or not treated the whole person, even if they're a person in a corporation, that they may not feel like you were really, you know, I got the result, but you know, I'm not that thrilled with this person. So if you want to be focused on serving the whole client and going through one of these core marketing strategies about you know, delighting your customer and giving them an exceptional experience, if your heart's not in it, if your energy's not in it physically, if you're not into it emotionally, if you're not excited about it, or if you don't have the mental energy about how to really solve their problems, people will know and you can't delight your clients. Nobody will give you a referral if you're Johnny Negative who is out there saying, oh, I just need more clients, would you give me a referral? It, it doesn't work. You can't be on a stage um, speaking about your practice if your heart's not in it, if your energy isn't there. So those lawyers who are have bought the programs, who are think they're running all the plays and they're still stuck and they're not getting it done, the place to start is to look at the energy they're bringing to it. And if their heart's not in it, it doesn't mean they can't do it. They got to just find a way to get their heart in, in it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, that kind of positive reinforcement builds over time as well, I would imagine. And I think you're right. Like a lot of legal and a lot of business really is results driven. And a lot of people don't take the time to think about how they got there. But that's helpful too. In that case, let's take a quick break. We're going to change topics just slightly. Mm -hmm. um, so while I try to figure out how the sitcom Boston Common didn't get a longer run on NBC... Listen to these words from our sponsors. Do you feel like your marketing efforts aren't getting you the high-value cases your firm deserves? For over 15 years, Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms just like yours to attract new cases and to grow their practices. As a Google Premier Partner and winner of Google's Platform Innovator Award, Scorpion has the right resources and technology to aggressively market your law firm and to generate better cases from the internet. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast today. If you're missing calls, appointments, and potential clients, it's time to work with Nexa Professional. More than just an answering service, Nexa's virtual receptionists are available 24 seven to schedule appointments, qualify leads, respond to emails, integrate with your firm's software, and much, much more. Nexa ensures your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call at 800-267-9371 or visit them at nexa.com forward slash podcast for a very special offer. All right. Thanks for continuing on with us. I couldn't find anything else to do either. We're still talking with Doug Brown of Summit Success International, who's been educating us on how lawyers can change their work habits for the better. Let's find out more. So we left off talking about this notion of how to bring your energy forward and to supply more positive energy in your law practice to get more clients. Now, how can lawyers bring forward more positive energy to make more money? Because that's not necessarily the same thing. You're so right. So many lawyers think that all I've got to do is increase my top line and I'll make more money. And what they're not paying attention to is the bottom line, the expenses that are draining them. And as we've seen with recent law, giant law firm failures, failure to control the expense side of the ledger uh, is just as fatal as, as not getting clients. Sometimes it could be more so. So when I talked earlier about energy as it relates to getting clients, uh, absolutely true. It's also true because there's a lot of stuff you have to do in the office of your firm, whether 
you are an associate in a big firm or you're a legal entrepreneur and you've got one person working with you, the energy you bring up for that, that consumes energy too, is going to drive whether you're productive, whether you're focused, how fast you get work done, and whether you make better decisions to make more money. Even the simple notion of when you schedule time on your calendar to schedule the time that the tasks that require the most mental energy, the problem solving, the decision making at your highest points of the day, that one thing can transform how we use our day. Why would we spend our highest mental energy, if it's in the morning, spending time checking email? We should be working on our stuff. And so when you align the energy you bring, you not only get better people working for you, but you're more focused and more productive. You can actually put less hours in and get better results. Right. Absolutely. And I think a lot of lawyers just, fo- they all want revenue. So they focus on getting the most clients possible, but there's so many business management techniques that aren't necessarily directly related to that. So I think you hit that on the button. So I think a lot of what we talked about today is this notion of getting their lawyers out of their own heads, right? Mm-hmm. So that they don't have to feel isolated. So we talked previous about this issue that lawyers have, which is like they're hardwired not to get help. And we know that's a thing. We talked about that previously. So how can lawyers start to change that dynamic? What steps could a lawyer take to get help if they need it and from whom? I think there's two steps. The first is something that we call head trash. And and that is the stories that we tell ourselves that we are not good enough, that this is it, that people are going to find out I'm a fraud if I ask for help. And all that is head trash. And if we can just get the courage to challenge those assumptions and take out the head trash and try to think more clearly about, we we tell ourselves stories to ourselves that if we said it out loud to someone, we'd A, feel silly, and B, they'd tell us we were nuts. So trying to take out the head trash and question the assumptions that you bring and the self-talk is number one. And number two is very tactical. It's start making what I call a stop doing list. This is making a list of the things you continue to do, either for, to yourself or for others, that no longer serve you. And if you can take out the head trash and make your stop doing list, then you've got something on paper in front of you. It's out of your head. And you can start working with it. And then the third thing is to enlist an accountability partner. This is probably not your significant other, but it's someone who's qualified, who you know, like, and trust, that can actually come into your world and help you um, hold yourself accountable. Because I can't tell you how many people I work with who say that I know what to do, but for some reason, I'm just not doing it. Well, that's an accountability problem. So when you enlist an accountability partner, and you could even be one for someone else, then your um, likelihood of success increases dramatically. I like this notion of a do not do list or stop doing list. I'm just af- stop I'm afraid mine would be like just insanely long, like everything. So, <laughs> well, the fact is they they are very long, and the <laughs> thing is not to get overwhelmed, but just to pick one thing, pick one easy thing. I think I'll just uh, and try to stop I'll doing that. Work to the top of the list. I feel like I should stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to talk to your family about that one, Jerry. Um, all right. So crazily enough, we're at near the end of the show, so I got one more question for you. So what's one more tip that you can offer for lawyers who want to take control of what they do? Practice being mindful. 
And what I mean is not necessarily meditation, although that's been very helpful for me and many others, but being mindfully aware that all we control in the world is our reaction to the world around us. And when we act with intention, aware of our situation, and don't just get sucked into reacting to all the crap that's coming our way, then you start to take control because then you can see things clearly. And that's exactly what we do for our clients when they're in chaos. We try to get them to understand the situation and see it for real. So what would happen if we did it for ourselves just to be mindfully aware and act with intention? What kind of difference would that make? I'm going to plug here and say a lot. So people should call you. Sadly, however, we've reached the end of our questions. We've reached the end of yet another episode of the Legal Toolkit Podcast. This was the podcast about taking control of your life and your law practice. And we've been talking with Doug Brown of Summit Success International. Now, as you know, I'll be back on future shows with further insights into my soul, the soul of America, and the legal market. If you're feeling nostalgic for my dulcet tones, however, you can check out our show archive, our whole show archive, every episode, anytime you want at LegalTalkNetwork.com. Binge this show. It's even better when you listen to like eight episodes in a row. Thanks again to Doug Brown of Summit Success International for making an appearance as my guest today. All right, Doug, can you tell everyone how they can find out more about you and about Summit Success International? Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. I'm on, I'm on LinkedIn at uh, LinkedIn forward slash Douglas Brown. And our website is summit-success.com. And it'll also be in the a link in the show notes. And uh, if you'd like to know more about some of the strategies I talked about, you can go to summit-success.com forward slash five keys. So thank you very much. Thanks again. That was Doug Brown of Summit Success International. Go find this man. Finally, thanks to all you out there for listening. I really appreciate it. This has been the Legal Toolkit Podcast, where Brenda and Eddie are still going steady. Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join host Jared Correa for his next podcast covering the current business trends for law firms. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. 
The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.